thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Burpinay, Illinois. This is a sermon for September 1st, 2019, the 12th Sunday after Pentecost. The sermon is entitled, Worshiper Beware, and is based on Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 through 17. It was preached by Pastor Carl Copen. It was preached by Pastor Mike Hanel. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Uh, so I'll admit that the, uh, the title today is a little bit jarring. It, it doesn't quite fit with normal sermon titles. In fact, Jessica, who, who does the graphics for these, usually, you know, picks out a cross or something, you know, very religious and nice, and she said to me this week, Pastor, I don't really know where to go with this. What, what kind of graphic do you want? I said, well, it says beware, so put a caution sign or something. So, so she did. But I don't want you to misunderstand what that means. It does not mean that you should be afraid to come to worship each week. No, worship is a wonderful opportunity that we have a wonderful opportunity that we have to come and to receive God's good gifts, His gifts of life and salvation that He freely gives to us. In worship, we have the opportunity to, to hear uh, Pastor Copen or myself speak God's Word to each of us. And don't you know that, that people of different religions, how they would long to have their God that they worship speak to them in the way that our God does. In worship, we have this wonderful opportunity to come before Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You never have to worry about if Jesus woke up and is just having a bad day today. You don't have to worry about whether Jesus really loves you, whether he's going to change his mind or not. Jesus stays true to his word always. In worship, we have this great opportunity. See, the the Jews of old, or even pagans in their religious practices, they, they got so focused on the, the rituals that we have to keep bringing these sacrifices to God because unless we do that, we're, we're not really sure where we stand with Him. But we in our worship focus on Jesus and upon His once and for all sacrifice that He gave up His life on the cross for us, for our sins, that we are now forgiven. Jesus suffered and died outside the city of Jerusalem so that we who are outside could be brought in through Jesus, who is, as we said last week, that narrow gate That access we have to God's kingdom. It's here in worship that God helps us to to shift our perspective so that we see things through His perspective, through an eternal perspective. See, what we see with our eyes, this building, this city, this state, these things are temporary. 
they won't last. But Jesus has brought us into his kingdom. And so we know that we have citizenship in God's enduring kingdom. A kingdom that has no end. So don't be afraid of worship. Worship is this wonderful and awesome thing that God has given to us. But here's the thing. Some of you might be completely on board with all of that. You understand that. You understand what a gift we have in worship. What gifts God gives to us. But then you stop. You stop right there. When the worship service ends, it's done. So you leave. You get back in your cars. You go home and you get back to your life. Same old, same old. Worshipper, beware. Worship is not an event that lasts an hour each week, give or take 10 or 15 minutes. Worship is a relationship. And relationships take work. Now granted, God has done his part in our relationship. God is the one who created you. God is the one who redeemed you in Jesus Christ. God is the one who found you dead in your trespasses and made you alive in Jesus and raised you to that new life in him through his word, through the waters of baptism. So you're alive in Christ, but now you have some growing to do. You are that new creation. God has called you to be his child, to be a Christian before him, but also before the world all around you. Imagine if you're married, that every day before you would leave the house, you would take your ring off and live your life as if you weren't married, as if you didn't have that relationship at home. How do you think that'd go? Probably not too good, right? It probably would cause some extreme difficulties in that relationship that really does exist. Well, the same is true with our relationship with God. We can't come into this place and know that that relationship is true and real and then walk out these doors as if that relationship doesn't exist. Relationships take work. They're real. They're important. And the big thing that God teaches us is that our relationship is not just about our relationship with Him, it's our relationship with Him as well as our relationship with the people around us. See, God didn't just create you. He doesn't just care for you. He cares for all of the people that you see around you. And so we too must care. We too must care for the people around us just as God cares for them. Worshipper, beware. If you don't see the people around you, 
If you don't love them as God loves you, you don't see the full picture of what worship really entails. That's what our epistle reading today kind of talks about. In that epistle reading, the letter to the Hebrews, uh, he, he sort of goes through this laundry list, a, a long list of things that, that we as Christians must be about. We, we need to love one another as brothers to, to show that we are part of one big family, that we must entertain the strangers in our midst to show them hospitality that we should visit those in prison and those who suffer and are mistreated. We need to show that empathy and be there with them. We must honor marriage. And the marriage bed must be pure. That we must submit to our leaders and to their authority to obey them and listen to them. Those are just some of the things that he said. And I, I suppose that list could have been a lot longer, but, but as it is, as I kind of thought about the things that he did mention, I thought, you know, this kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? It sounds an awful lot like another way of saying, do the Ten Commandments, especially the second table. You know, he talks about authorities. Well, the Fourth Commandment talks about honoring our parents, Father and mother and all of those whom God has given us as authorities in our life. Uh, He talked about being content with what we have and and not loving money. Well, the ninth and tenth commandments talk about coveting and we have the seventh commandment talking about stealing. He talked about marriage and keeping that marriage bed pure. Well, the sixth commandment talks about not committing adultery and so forth. You you kind of get the picture. And so it seems to me that what he's really saying is that we need to think about those Ten Commandments and we need to take them seriously. Not just the first three, but also the remaining seven. Because you can't love God without loving your neighbor. You can't just love God and say that's it. Everything is okay. That's what God has called me to do. God wants both of those things from you. And for you to just do one part of them, it doesn't work. God is a jealous God. He doesn't just want part of you. He wants all of you. Jesus didn't just die for part of you. He died for all of you. Earlier in the letter to Hebrews, uh, the, the writer it seems to have done a lot of homework, a lot of thinking, because he spends all of this time talking about how Jesus is the fulfillment of all of these Old Testament prophecies and promises and institutions and shows how Jesus is like the reality, whereas all of that other stuff was just the shadow. He seems really keen on helping the Christians to understand how Jesus has fulfilled all of these promises. He wants them to have that faith, that faith in Jesus. But he doesn't just end there. He doesn't just want them to have faith in Jesus. 
He doesn't just want them to worship Jesus in that way. He also wants them to worship Jesus by the things that they say and what they do, not just directed at Jesus, but also the things that they say and do directed at the people around them. That that, too, is an important part of their faith life and how they worship God. And if it's true for them, it's also true for us. But I know it's not easy. It's not easy to love the people around you. Sometimes it's easy to love those that are kind of at a distance that, that you, you sort of know but don't know and you can be, you can be nice to them, kind to them, smile, say hello. But, but especially the people, the closer they get to you. The more they know you and you know them, the more they know how to, how to push those buttons, the more they know what gets under your skin, those people can be really hard to love. It's not easy to live this kind of life. People around us may not do it because it's not easy. It may not be what everybody else is doing, but it is what God has called us to. Now you come here and your sins are forgiven. As far as the east is from the west, so far has God taken your sin from you. That's absolutely true. And I hope you believe that. But sometimes that causes us to be lazy. Sometimes knowing that we're forgiven causes us to live our lives as if, as if sin doesn't matter anymore. Because we know we're forgiven after all, right? But that's wrong. We cannot live as if sin doesn't matter. We cannot live as if we do not have to struggle against sin, against our sinful flesh, against Satan, or against the world. It's absolutely true that God loves you just as you are. But he doesn't want you to stay that way. God has called you to be his children and to live as his children, to live as the light in the darkness, to live as that city on a hill. But we can't do that if we say, it's okay, it doesn't matter, I'll, I'll do my own thing. See, God again and again in the New Testament, and even in the Old Testament, makes the point, don't just ignore sin. It matters. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Not freedom so that we can live however we want, but freedom so that we can live as he has called us to be. In this letter to the Hebrews, the author talks about how, how we must persevere and we must run the race that God has called us to, that he has set before us. And that metaphor works. You don't run a race by sitting still. By doing nothing. It takes work. It's hard. You have to exert yourself. 
Some days the pace may not be as quick as other days, but one foot in front of the next foot. This is what God has called us to. And every day we're given choices. We're not doing it alone. We are God's children. God has given us his spirit. But those choices count. And every day we can make the choice to listen to him or to ignore him. Worshipper, beware. The church isn't a place. The church is a people. A people that God has has gathered around his word and around his sacraments. That is who you are. God has called you here and has forgiven your sins. God has brought you to this place and he has claimed you in his baptismal waters. He has brought you to this place and he feeds and nourishes you with Jesus' own body and blood. You are the church here in this place But you're also the church when you walk out those doors. Growing together in Christ doesn't just mean filling up all of these seats, filling up our school. Growing in Christ, it means that we fill up the lives of the people around us with our words and with our actions that are drawn from the roots of our faith in Christ. Worshipper, beware. Worship doesn't end with this service today. It only just begins. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and risen Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnet, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and clicking the sermons button at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.